That sucked. That's too bad. <laughs> Do you have anything for banter? He said it sucked. <gasps> Don't say that on the podcast. It's terrible. Mm. So, um, oh, I, I forgot to look at the camera to see if we can see my sweatpants. <laughs> now you know she's wearing sweatpants. I would not compromise hmm. that that particular thing. The question was video or no video. That was the question. And I said, you know, I don't I don't have a problem like making myself look somewhat presentable for a video. Somewhat presentable. I'm not compromising the sweatpants that I've been in all day. Sweatpants. Who wants to get out of those? I don't at this time of the evening. Most people get into sweatpants. I've been in them all day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all, all day. So hmm. why stop now? I don't know. So I put on a, a shirt. That was not ugly t-shirt that I was wearing. Mm-hmm. It's more of like a shirt I would wear with jeans or something. So is this like one-way banter where I just talk and you just listen? There's nothing much to me to, for me to say as you're talking about your wardrobe. Sure. No, that's understandable. <laughs> I mean, I'm wearing jeans. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody wore, cares what you're I wore jeans all day. But my sweatpants were part of our story for the evening. How so? I just, were you not listening <laughs> to this? I just told a story. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. you don't you don't you're not listening to me while we're bantering. <sighs> I know you're tired. It's it's been a rough day. It's it's late. It's late. We didn't really have like a super relaxing weekend because we did stuff for the house. So it wasn't like we we had Sunday was the one relaxing day. And that was it mm-hmm. of the whole weekend. So it wasn't like a relaxing weekend. No, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It was a good weekend, but it was very good. And we got we're we're pretty much done almost hundred percent with this bathroom down here. It's workable. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're back running. up to three bathrooms. Yep. We made progress on the bathroom on the first floor. It's we have. tiled. It looks really nice. If you need a local tiler. In Dighton, we know we can recommend one. He's so many very of good. our listeners are, are in Dighton. Are in Dighton. Probably. Do I sound loud? None. You do not sound that loud sound to me. Weird. I sound loud to myself. Hmm, you sound fine. I actually still, <clears throat> I have, um, I'm peeling, uh, what is it that we actually, ha- what are you doing? This is a way for me to lower my, hold on everybody. Hold on everybody. I'm still peeling whatever it is, the caulking or that we just used in the bathroom off of my hands it doesn't really come off it's stuck on my nails mm-hmm. i feel it like little like little beads like little balls that i'm rolling off of my <laughs> hands i wash them like three times it doesn't matter well, it's silicone that's why it's silicone mm-hmm. so um yeah so you don't have anything to say nothing at all you're just Oddly, you, you I... are literally i'm literally talking to myself i might as well do the whole podcast myself today Welcome to an episode of Just Me. Oh my word, put your headphones back on. That is so fake, but he literally did just walk away. <laughs> okay, Michael Scott. <laughs>
Oh, and he's back! Yay! It's not just the Lori show. I don't have. A, I don't have any banter today. I mean, there's a, right. there's a lot yeah. going on for work and and projects here, and I'm just a little I'm stressed out today. I'm sorry. And I haven't had enough of the sangria yet to to banter to relax me. Maybe we should do the episode and banter at the end. Wouldn't that <laughs> wouldn't that flip everyone out? Everybody would just shut it off. (laughs) (laughs) Well, banter's no fun if it's just me. So, well, it was a big deal this weekend, right, in uh, Massachusetts, on the mask. Then social distancing restrictions were removed Mm -hmm. for the most part, and going to mass was nice because it seemed pretty almost normal. A lot of people were just socializing mm-hmm. and being friendly. It was really nice to see. It was see. nice to see people's faces. It was really nice to see people. It's, it's funny because I was noticing is the way we sit in church, we, we sit on the transepts, which is like the sides because our church goes in like a like cross motion. Mm-hmm. And so we can see people like directly across from us and for weeks and weeks and weeks, months it's it's for a year. <laughs> yeah, well, not really, because we mm-hmm. weren't always there. We were in the basement sometimes. I, we weren't always in this particular spot. My point mm-hmm. is, looking across and seeing, like, not really knowing who's there, because you really can't. Like, you can kind of tell you recognize some people, but not really. Right. And then this past week was so nice. Like, oh, there's the so and so family, and you just saw people that you recognized. That was really nice. It was. Oh, that was great, honey. That was such great banter. Well, I started it. For 30 seconds. I started it. No, you started it. That's, I'm so proud of you. Back in the day, episodes <laughs> the good old like, days, like one. 1 through 20, you literally wouldn't even let me lead banter. Like you had yeah, a list. Not, not you true. would keep running lists in your phone of things you wanted to say for banter. Again, and if I hadn't had a... Yeah, I know. You're, you're, you're I'm really picking brutal. on me. I don't yeah. like it. Well, I mean, you know. Banter goes two ways. So anyway, folks, welcome to another episode (laughs) of Raising Eight. (laughs) A couple of sinners trying to raise saints. We're glad that you've joined us today or tonight or whatever time you're listening. And um, we're continuing. We have been kind of walking through the church's teachings on human sexuality and human anthropology in general. Um, And we're moving along today to talk a little bit about the virtues that basically Hmm? the virtues that Hmm? pertain, pertain Mm -hmm. is the Mm -hmm. word I was looking for, Mm -hmm. um, to this topic. So that's kind of what we're going to go through. Well, we're not going to cover it. I don't think every virtue that pertains to this topic. No, but the main Lots of virtues pertain to this topic. Right. We're not going to go through every virtue, but we're going to, that's, (laughs) three hours. You are going to be so difficult to get through this this episode. I'm I'm difficult to get through life with. Difficult. You no, 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 no. It's a joy (laughs) to go through, Mm. get through life with you. Wait, go through life with you? No, it's, um, you're really a great guy and I love you. Uh, so we all have difficult days. It's, mm-hmm. it's okay. I'll, I'll just, I'll just, you know, I'll hold up you the whole thing. Yeah, I'm going to carry this whole episode. episode. 
Um, so anyhow, so we'll just a recap of where we've been mm-hmm. is that we've talked about. <laughs> oh my gosh! No, now you're just looking at me like I feel like you're testing me. No, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. You can talk too. It's just it's gonna be really were, bad if I try to do this. You were just talking stuff. though. No, I know, but the way that you just like folded your arms mm-hmm. and just were like waiting, <laughs> like that's not how this podcast. I works. thought you were on a roll, and I just was letting you yeah. go. Okay, yeah. So we've talked about a lot of foundational mm-hmm. things, mm-hmm. charity, and I don't remember what else did we talk about. <laughs> what else did we talk about? Go ahead. You talk. You happiness say and that's charity. why we, we bounce off each other. Happiness remember, and, I was just trying to help you. Happiness, happiness, charity, and charity. What else have we talked about foundationally? The dignity of see you have human this life. list in your head. This is we need to be the one that says these things. And then we did a little philosophy last mm-hmm. week talking about matter and form, body, how we are body soul composites. Very good. And the procreative and unitive dimensions of human sexuality. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that brings us to talking a little bit today about the virtue of chastity. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about the virtue of modesty. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked about I believe about both the virtues temperance. flow out of the co- one of the cardinal virtues. Temperance. I just said that. Oh, you did? I just said Temperance, and then I was waiting. Is there a different one? Am I oh, missing sorry. something? Sorry, I was beginning my thought in my brain, and you um, wanted me to. You wanted me to contribute. No, no, but contribute like listen and contribute. Like that's usually I, how I, we do all I've been kids. doing is listening. <sighs> I can't win. <laughs> so anyhow, well, did you want to talk about temperance virtue, first? Then practice the virtue of patience. Patience. No, no, we don't have to. Okay, you said it, they flow out. So I, 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 th- I was just sure. making that point. Okay. So I think um, chastity is where I'd like to start talking since I'm running the show today. <laughs> um, that it's a virtue that we, we've spent a lot of time over the course of our life in the church and working in the church, speaking to young people about this virtue, particularly high school teens, a lot of times, and actually when we were first Dating was it before mm-hmm. we were engaged? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, nah, not, not really. I think after we were engaged, pretty much for that year of engagement, we were hired multiple places to speak on this topic together. So that was kind of a new. I had always kind of spoken about this topic just in different retreat settings and things over the course of my life, and then you had done the same. So coming together and being able to kind of have a male and female perspective on the virtue is really helpful. So, and then of course, we're, we like to relate. So yes, we used to speak to teenagers before we had teenagers, <laughs> and now we live with teenagers. And so obviously it's a little bit of a different approach. We're not speaking to 150 teens that we'll never see again, most likely. But now it's about building in these lessons throughout our children's lives. I think we've we've kind of been hopefully driving that point home that these types of topics don't just come up one time. I know we mentioned that last week. It's not like a birds and the bees. Now we're going to talk about our sexuality. It's that giving our children a foundation of understanding who we are as created beings, um, body and soul, and who we are as sexual beings that we are created male or female and 
having them have that understanding from a young age. And um, and then how the virtue of chastity is how we relate to others as a sexual being. So how do we love others? So charity is loving others, but how do we specifically love others with who I am as a woman relating to other women and then relating to men? And so, and then of course, ultimately relating to my husband, mm-hmm. practicing the, the, the virtue out with my husband. So do you, I just, I, I don't know, you're killing me here. You're just killing me. Do you have anything to say? I mean, do I, I'm just going to keep going until you, until, until I'm going to just drink this whiskey drop. and hope that some, maybe while I'm drinking, you'll speak. Well, I think. Um, oh, it's working. I'm going to drink really slow. Oh, I think you're supposed to sip whiskey slow anyway. <laughs> um, I would say first, I would say a lot of times the virtue of chastity is confused with celibacy, probably because it's true. C's. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I got because they, they, they're related, but they're certainly not. The, right. Not, they're not the same. Right. And of course, um, just to clear it up, celibacy is for um, priests are called to celibacy where they dedicate their lives to the church and therefore do not um, live out a sexual life in terms of being married to a woman, having children, et cetera, having sexual relations, which is a sacrifice which they offer up for in service of the church. Catholic priests. Correct. Thank you for that clarification. Mm-hmm. Very important. Some other priests in other denominations. And religious. And, right. Right. I was going to say some other priests in other denominations correct they are allowed to be married so right. just so, so that they there's would no not confusing. be practicing they celibacy. are not taking a vow of celibacy correct so um so that's continue. not a that's not to be confused with chastity, chastity which we are all called to mm-hmm. to live out that virtue so that would be the first thing i would say is that i think you're right there are t- definitely times throughout even speaking just speaking engagements and things like that mm-hmm. where or even just talking to people if mm-hmm. you've mentioned like trying to be chaste there's this confusion of like oh like you're never gonna be you're never getting married you're never whatever you're never having sex like yeah kind of thing and it's yeah. like oh no that's not what chaste means yes when you're single that's that's tied up in that abstinence uh waiting for the right person waiting to be married practicing our sexuality in the correct context of what it was designed to be how to use your sexuality properly. Um, and that comes back to matter and form and how things are intended, what was what was intended. And that's how that's the approach we've always taken with our own children and with other people's children when we've spoken about this virtue. What did the creator intend? What did he intend for us as human beings? What did he intend for us sexually? Because he gave us certain organs Right, gave us a body. <laughs> you look at me like, what? Where what? are you going? Right, shocking. We were born with sexual organs, and so they were given to us by the Creator. What were they given to us for? And what's His ultimate purpose? And so, how to live that out is is chastity. How to love someone with God's love in a proper ordering of 
who I am as a woman and who they are as who they're created to be. I mean, a simple way of looking at chastity is um, behaving, like treating, learning to um, treat others the way through God's lens, like seeing them as as God sees them, because then that brings right order to your be, your sexual behavior in relationship with them, no matter who they are, mm-hmm. whether they're you're married to your that person or not. It's all human beings that we're called to be chased with, mm-hmm. to practice that with, because it's just a right ordering of how we look at see those people. Um, and I think this gets to the idea of happiness, because obviously some people, right, people know that if you're having sexual activity, uh, not in the way that God has designed, it obviously can make you happy, but it's but it's not the yeah it would and it can become a very fleeting happiness mm-hmm. because it's not ordered properly, but it's certainly not the highest if you know there's the super abundant happiness that we're that we're capable of experiencing and having, which is what God really wants for mm-hmm. us, and living a chaste life helps us to actually experience that. And, I and think, not settling for less. Right. And I think that there's, especially when speaking with younger people about this, like teenagers, young adults, um, what the world, and that's why we started here with happiness, what the world tells us brings us happiness, in fact, does not give us the true happiness that God is calling us to, which is deeper than this fleeting, mm-hmm. you know, good feeling, if you will, like a good feeling that I get. And the world will tell us that if you're not, I mean, for instance, when we were engaged, you know, this was the, this was when I got to talk about this virtue the most, because the question was always, you know, are you guys living together? You know, people didn't say, are you sleeping together? I mean, that would be very odd. You know, people don't usually ask that question unless they're very close to you or something. But the question was, are you living together? And when I would say no, they'd be horrified, like literally horrified. What do you mean you're not living with him? Well, how are you, how are you going to know? You know, how are you? And I'm like, well, we're waiting until we're married for we're having sex till we're married. And they would say, I mean, that just people just couldn't even wrap their brains around that because it's just so countercultural. It's just well, so it's against just, it, everything. It's the distinction of, and it's many things, but of, again, fleeting happiness or commitment. Because marriage is not about being happy all the time. Like, and I'm talking about the feeling, like, yay, it's, it's just one big lifelong oh happy gosh. date. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, it's about commitment. Right. Yes, love, but part of love, as we discussed in our last episode, part of love is being committed at least in marriage, being committed in marriage for life. And that's not always happy in the sense of the way the world terms happiness. It's not always right. a good feeling right. all the time. It just isn't. No. But it's commitment. And in order in order to be able to commit to somebody, you have to have self-mastery. You have to have the capacity to sacrifice and be selfless, knowing we're all sinners and mm-hmm. we all fall. But actually, especially in light of that, because mm-hmm. we need to be patient with each other and know that we're in this for the long haul because it's easy to walk away when I'm not always ha- ha- being given a good feeling all the time. Mm-hmm. It, it's easy just to walk away from that if it's not about commitment right? based on sacrificial love, right? So I think that's part of the problem that we mm-hmm. have in society today. 
We're blessed. We've we've have a lot of good examples of, especially with our parents, right, of that type of self mastery, of that type of commitment, which is an example for us. That's important, and I know that some people don't have that. We've mm-hmm. talked about this in the past mm-hmm. on this podcast, but no. It's so chastity true. allows us to practicing chastity is the practicing of seeing other people as God sees them, and then behaving accordingly. Mm-hmm. And I think. What's really important to note here is we're talking about virtues and Mm -hmm. virtues are not um, just shot down from heaven. Like when we sit there praying, they're not just just given to us um, Mm -hmm. like without our action. Mm -hmm. That's not how virtues work there. It's the definition, maybe not the it's not the official definition, but like a definition of a virtue is a good practice that leads to holiness, a good practice. So something practice referring to I have to do something and I have to do it. It's a habit, a good practice or habit that leads you to holiness. Mm -hmm. So people, you know, would be. And lots of people ask have asked us even over the years like about chastity. You know, like how did you how did you stay chaste while you're dating? How did you stay chaste while you're you know? It's like well we're not perfect, so that's the first thing. But it takes practice, so that you actually have to work at it. Like it's just like patience. Yeah, an, people it, pray for it's patience. Choosing like, the, give me patience, God. It's choosing you know? the good and and quite frankly the highest good mm-hmm. to the best of our ability in every single situation and you get better at it by doing it more by doing it more and a lot of times choosing the highest good in a certain situation requires potentially requires sacrifice mm-hmm. sometimes suffering even um or um giving up the good feeling i keep going back to that good feeling but not but, choosing right. that because of knowing that i'm doing the right thing in this situation mhm and the more that we do it, the easier it becomes. Mm-hmm. And then we hopefully continue to seek higher, the higher goods, higher goods, higher goods. And of course, for us as, as Christians, we're doing this in anticipation of preparing ourselves through grace, hopefully to experience the supreme the good, good, which is in being heaven. in the beatific vision, which we talked about when we right. talked about happiness. So there's the connection, mm-hmm. virtue to, to happiness, right? And something we've always talked about to bring us back to last week's episode about matter and form and body and soul and a really important connection that can can start very young with kids to kind of prep them for this understanding of sexuality and how we live it out is our bodies um, directly are linked to our soul. Like we can't separate those. That fundamental truth that I know we've talked about a little bit and relating that to the things that we do. So you, you just hit your brother. So, um, you, you know, your body didn't just do that. Like you, you've just done something hurtful to somebody. You need to apologize that connection of body soul. So when we take that to the next level of sexuality, so our culture likes to separate those two things mm-hmm. when it, when it's convenient for them. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> body and soul are separated when it's convenient for society to get what they want, you know? So, okay. So we can just, we can sleep around. We can have these. Most of this stuff is, uh, is, is dualism, right? They pick one right. over the other. And, one over and, the and, other. And, and, and on the convenient, convenient they moment. They switch back and forth. Correct. But the composite piece of it is what they easily just throw. Just well, dismiss. They don't believe in. So for, for instance, you know, um, I want to do this with my body sexually because it makes me feel good, but 
it's not it's not affecting me otherwise like it's just i can i can do this like or i'm married but i can i can go and i like that guy now so i'm gonna go sleep with this guy but you know but it's not really gonna affect my marriage or i'm gonna you know do something like get into pornography because that's something that's horrible um and that kind of that does the there's a physical dimension but a very very terrible spiritual dimension that happens with pornography. And this is important to be talking to our young people about this because it's what, I don't even know what the statistics are now of how young kids are when they're exposed to it, but it's a, it's a horrible it's like 11 statistic. the yeah. average now. Um, I was going to say, but that's a good example of the connection, right? Because every, well, it doesn't hurt anybody. It doesn't it's hurt not anybody. Hurting I'm anybody. just looking at this I'm stuff. I'm by myself. Well, never mind it's the not... fact of the, the people who, Typically, the women in the videos, many of them are being abused. A lot of them are in the trade. They're, mm -hmm. They've been stolen, kidnapped, mm -hmm. and they're in tr sex trade, if you will. So, so obviously, that that is a problem. But but research is shown, showing more and more and more. Of course, mainstream media doesn't really cover this. Um, but the science is clear on this. The connection of when, on, when, when men are addicted to porn, the more they look at it, the more that their brains become wired to... Um, going darker and darker and darker because mm -hmm. it's not tri tripping the dopamine enough, right? To give them the, the, the high. high. And and then the connection to, so the brain's being re rewired. It's not being rewired just because, just when they're looking at porn, it then rewires them as they look at any other woman in their life. It's a really And the behavior horrible. associated with that. Yeah, so it's, oh, it's there horrible, is a connection. There's no question about radical. it, but there's the body-soul connection. Mm -hmm. We don't, we can't actually, no matter how much we say it, we cannot separate. No. Yeah. And and just to give another example of that um, to, you know, our sexuality, who we are is at the core of of our being, who we are made to be. Our sexuality is part of that. So um, the separation of I feel like, you know, I'm a man trapped in a woman's body or I feel feeling like there's a do you see what I'm saying? That's there's a separation there of my body is doing one thing and I feel a certain way. So when it's convenient, the culture allows for that separation where we can't, we cannot separate what God has created in the body and the soul there. And so I know that's a very tricky, sticky well, the, yeah, issue. The problem is out there. This is classic to the, it's a complicated issue because there are people who suffer from gender dysphoria, very small percentages of the population truly suffer from that. And we used to try to actually help those people mm -hmm. to find order in their lives and find balance in their lives and, and, and right the ship, if you will. And now, instead of trying to help them do that, we just encourage and thrust them in, just keep going with it. Um, and many do. And then you end up with surgeries and all kinds of crazy stuff that, and, and chemicals. And, and now we're pushing that younger and younger and younger which is a tragedy. And now mm -hmm. it's become almost mainstreamed and where people who are actually suffering from gender dysphoria, right? It's more mm -hmm. of like um, a political cause, if you will, to some degree. Um, I don't know what it all, it's complicated topic, it's complicated, but you're right. But I the, also think there's it's an example of at the heart, at the heart the brokenness there is, is a who am I question that we all have 
Well, we, it's wired. We're it, we're, wired it's written to into us. Ask, it's natural law. Who am I and where did I come from and where am I going? Those are basic questions that are literally wired into the human person. But if we ask the questions and we don't get the answer that points us to God, from God, to God again, then we're lost. We're lost. We we have to find our way here in this in this temporal world, and that's not where we come from and where we're going. Well, if our basis for ha- we've said this, if our basis for happiness is here, is here, then we're obviously limiting our our capacity to be happy, which right. is not what God wants for us. He wants again for us to have the super abundant life. Mm-hmm. And I just think this is there's so much, and with our children, how we can help them is giving them these foundational truths of who are you? You are created in the image and likeness of God. You're a child of God. You're a son or a daughter of the king. That's who you are. That is who you are at your core, a son or a daughter of God. And helping them to know that yeah, it's going to be normal for them to question different things as they get older, but always pointing them to the one who created them yeah, now we say our maleness and our femaleness is connected to that, right? So, Absolutely. Um, and it's literally built, as Laurie was saying, it's built into our very being. Oh, it's are. painfully obvious. Mm-hmm. And and what we need to be doing is building that up. Now, we can get into a whole – this is not for today's episode. We can get into a whole kind of conversation of negative male stereotypes and negative female stereotypes as opposed to um, – looking like at Mary for a, the true female archetype, right? And Jesus as a true male archetype who we, sh- we should be striving to emulate and be mm-hmm. like the new Adam and the new Eve. That's what, that's real maleness. That's real femaleness mm-hmm. and and seeking to be like them um, as opposed to, I get it. Sometimes a lot of people's angst is wrapped up in really uh, – um, false kind of. If you're to be a man, yeah, to be a man, to be a man, what it means to be a man, blah blah blah, and all kinds of yeah, you know, right. whatever it is. So right. uh, that's, that's not what we're not talking put. about that right mm-hmm. now. We're talking about the fact that of how we are literally built we're biologically, literally made biologically, yeah. male or female, yeah. and God gives us a soul at the moment of our conception. We're given a soul, and it's a unique soul that's us, and that is literally joined to our body until we die and then separates. Mm-hmm. But we're going to have a body again. When you know We've talked about this on the last day. We're going to have a body. So our bodies are important, so important that we're going to have them for all of eternity. A glorified version, thank God. Um, but but so but we're gonna <laughs> have Amen, especially these days, right? As I get older. We're gonna have <laughs> glorified bodies. So so our maleness and our femaleness is that important that we're gonna have it forever. It's not like we get to heaven and we lose all of that. Like we lose our our identity as as man or woman. We we're, we'll have it forever when Jesus comes again and establishes a new heaven and a new earth and we have glorified bodies. So our bodies are good and they're male or female and we live them out in a male or female way particular to us, who we are, the personality God gave us, the gifts he gave us, the strengths he gave us. And again, science, by the way, is born in stuff too. I, I think sometimes we, we this is the blessing of we're living in a very confused world today morally and but science actually supports natural law there's no question about that and they've done many studies on male and female brains and showing the difference 
of what fires them up and how they operate. <laughs> and, and and that's a good thing. It's not to it's say one's better or the other. Right. right. It's, it's actually to that's right. To actually talk about the complementary between the sexes. Mm-hmm. Um and and again, that's getting to a proper understanding of maleness and femaleness as opposed to other um uh, you know, fabricated and exaggerated and uh, stereotypical type ways mm-hmm. of doing that. So and chastity calls us to that. The virtue of chastity lived out calls us and helps doing living chastity helps us to understand that and know that more about ourselves and those who we are in relationship with and who we encounter in life. Mm-hmm. So again, chastity, simply put, from a teaching it to our children is is just about seeing other people as God sees those people and behaving accordingly. Mm-hmm. especially as sexual beings. Right. And so, um, you know, virtue of modesty is kind of tied along with mm-hmm. that. Uh, it's modesty. A lot of times people will think modesty is just a female virtue because you hear a lot about it in a female context because of the woman's body. I'm going to leave again. Being, <laughs> unfortunately, objectified so much in our culture. Mm-hmm. And so to be modest um a lot of times is again mistaken with being like prudish or like a prude or you know there's a lot of mis mistake in understanding what it actually means to practice modesty for a man and for a woman it does of course look a little differently about like how do we dress how do we act but that's it's about how do we actually carry the bodies that we're given. So how do we live them out? How do we show show them to the world? Because you, you know, again, you can't separate the body and the soul. So we are bodily beings, and we need to wear clothes. And it's hard in a culture where TV and media um, shows like a man and a woman looking a certain way, and then. That just trickles into society of how do I dress as a as a woman? What should I look like? How should I act towards men? And we if it doesn't take you long to turn a movie on and you've got a horrible picture, most likely of an example of how are you supposed to act towards a man and how are you supposed to carry yourself and and vice versa? So I think it's important for us as parents in order to instill that virtue in our children and help them to practice it at a young age, the simplest little ways can help. So uh, showing them what's appropriate to wear at certain times and what's not appropriate to wear at certain times. You don't walk around in a bathing suit all day long um, unless you're literally at the beach or a mm-hmm. pool, right? Yeah, no, you know, you don't walk around in your underwear as you get older. <laughs> yes, we've had two-year-olds that strip down and literally spend the entire day in their underwear. That's a two-year-old. But once you're four, you shouldn't be in your underwear in front of people, right? Like mm-hmm. these these ideas of it can start very young and then, of course, it gets more complicated as they're Get older. God, what were you gonna say? No, no. I, I was just, I was just gonna say that you know, and and connected to this is, it's not just like how little we're. That was a word. It's not just how little we're wearing, if you will, right? It's also wearing proper proper clothing at for proper occasions. So, mm-hmm. you know, we we don't wear suits and, and and ties every time we go to church, but we certainly make sure that we are we we're dressed differently than we're dressed every single other day of the week because we're going to worship God. So we don't wear our Brady jersey 
sorry if you're one of those people who do. I'm, I guess I'm judging you in a sense. <laughs> sorry. We don't judge people. We judge actions. <laughs> judging actions. Sorry. <laughs> I'm judging your actions. But it, because why? Well, because it's what's proper and what – and in that situation, it's what do is do God. And that's connected to modesty. Right? It's that mm -hmm. kind of practicing of thinking that through. Again, act of the will is making decisions to choose what is the highest good in a particular situation. And this is involving clothing pretty much, but thinking that through. And so parents can help to build that up by encouraging kids and teaching kids on what to wear when, depending on the, the particular situation or occasion. And it gets obviously trickier the older they get mm -hmm. and the more they're exposed to the culture because in school and, and with friends and not everyone's going to have the same standards of for modesty, even mm -hmm. amongst good, good Catholic people. Not everybody has the same standards and that's okay because that's up to each individual family to decide what the standard is for dressing and acting. Because again, modesty is not just about what we wear, but how we use our body. So, you know, someone who uh, is very flirtatious or throwing themselves at the opposite sex or, you know, getting too physical or whatever it is, Stop touching me. <laughs> Stay on your side. Stay on your side. Um, is that's also learning modesty in cer certain situations. Mm. Modesty of speech, how to not just say certain things in certain situations, what's appropriate to say, the correct use of language, not giving, you know, potty mouths and things of that nature. Yeah, you are the potty mouth in the family. But, you know, and again, but learning, but teaching all those types of things. And then as as the kids get older, helping them to see the culture, live in the culture, but be able to well to point out navigate it <clears throat> to point out any good we see mm -hmm. in the culture because that's important. It, even if sometimes it feels like it's limited, there is still yep. good out there. That's right. And to call that out because you can go to the other extreme on any of this stuff where everything's if bad. it's on the culture, everything's it's bad. bad, and that's well, not true. Which is right, which can create a real problem with kids because they can see. That's not that's not true. Right. And it sets up a weird awareness to it. Um, and it's not saying that you can't look um, – I'm speaking obviously on, on behalf of a woman here. You can't look beautiful and you can't wear fashionable clothes. Right. You certainly can do those things. We're not saying you have to wear a potato sack everywhere you go. That's ridiculous. You're going to make me get rid of my potato sack? <laughs> but my dad gets those so you don't have to be frump you don't have to I be get them. You, you to, be, to be modest doesn't right. mean to be frumpy. Right, does not mean frumpy. And that's <laughs> – if, and listen, if Again, frumpy, if frumpy some, is your thing, if you like frumpy, um, go with um, it. Go for it. Go with it. But that's not necessarily that's meaning not that you're more modest than everybody else. Being modest, yeah. that's not what that is about. It's not about hiding our body. So that's that's like an op that's the opposite extreme. It's like, oh, I'm a woman, so I have to hide my body. That's the only way I can Obviously, be modest. For us as Christians, we just celebrated Pentecost, so remembering right that St. Paul, right? Our we are body our bodies are temples of the Holy mm -hmm. Spirit. That's we used to talk about that all the time. Mm -hmm. I used to do that when I was teaching Catholic school. Our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. Why does St. Paul say that repeatedly in scripture? Well, there's a reason for that. Mm -hmm. And that's connected to understanding modesty. Absolutely. Rem constantly and remembering who we are. Absolutely. Yeah. Who we are and who the others are. And so thinking that through, again, with all decisions, so whether what we're wearing, what we're watching, what we're listening to, how we're talking, how we're interacting, if we're thinking through the lens of my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, 
your body's temple of the Holy Spirit, and I should be trying to striving to act accordingly, it will change our behavior, and therefore we will be living out the virtue of chastity and modesty. Mm-hmm. An important note, because we've we've always talked to teens about this, when we've gotten into chastity talks and talking about our sexuality, what do you smell? I don't know. The, the basement smell? Just a basement smell now. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's not as fresh and clean as our as our home office smell upstairs. Yeah, I don't understand. We got to put an air filter down here. Okay. Sorry. So the idea <laughs> that understanding, and you mentioned this earlier, about men and women being wired differently, like our brains are wired differently. We literally process the world differently. Men are from Mars and women are from Venus. Yeah, that's a good book. Yeah. I actually enjoyed that book. But anyways, um, it did help just to understand a little bit of the wiring. But we're talk- talking even more on the sexual realm. <laughs> Whoa, it's not in that book, I don't think. But that men are more visual creatures, mm-hmm. which is why typically men fall into things like pornography a lot easier because they're stimulated through vision, through sight, through seeing. So why the typical movie where you've got, you know, the beautiful woman walk by and the men whistling at her, you know, it's it's very rare to see the opposite happen where a man walks by and women are literally whistling and hooting. That I'm sure that happens, but it's not that we don't appreciate a good, handsome man. I appreciate your handsomeness. Yes, but there's a different there's a different wiring and women are more stimulated by touch and that's the way we're created oh that's so nice you pet my arm and so (laughs) that it's it's really important to understand that fundamental this is how we're built it doesn't mean that it's not a 100 percent it's not like men don't want to be touched again it's not an extreme like that it's not like but it's just by and large men are visual sexual wired this is part of our sexuality of how we're wired again it's a man it's it's more than other men because we're not all created exactly the same but by and large that's a fact that's a true statement and same with women it's not not every woman wants to be cuddled and touched like every three seconds like stay away from me but but that's but in general, that's uh, something to understand when we're t- especially when we're teaching chastity and modesty to children, especially older children like teenagers, that you might think. And, and I've had plenty of girls tell me this before when I've talked to girls about this. Well, how? What I'm wearing shouldn't affect anybody. Like, it's my body. I'm putting on what I want to wear. And, you know, they're showing yeah, well, their midriff should, and they're showing their me. chest. Yeah, yeah, it's his yeah. problem. He's yeah. looking at me. Um, nope. Actually, guess what? It's your problem also. Because if you're leading him into sin because you're immodest, you're partially in sin for it. It's not. But again, they, they don't understand how men are wired in that that's way. What that's what I'm saying. Problem, that's right? why it right. has to be yeah. fun, you fundamentally needs to be understood the basics of how we how we work as sexual beings like this is just how we're made where it's it's a good thing you mm-hmm. know, god god created us he knew what he was doing to further the human race right and so if men d- didn't care what a woman looked like and you know women didn't <laughs> care to ever be and there was no sexual drive well, be, we would all die and out and be, be extinct yeah. and that yeah. would be bad <laughs> although <laughs> some people in culture might like that if human beings be no extinct being fruitful and no <laughs> anyways so it's but important but your carbon footprint right. would be smaller <laughs> 
Who cares if we're not here on the earth? But then the earth would be alive. Okay. Anyway. So so I think that's where we'll kind of wrap up for today, yeah. whether we – Hopefully we given gave enough um, – I think we didn't. I think we gave the basics. Up. We could talk literally each one of these virtues. We could talk a whole episode about. But just to give an idea, you didn't mention temperance again, but – I think it's important to note that temperance really kind of orders all mm-hmm. of the virtues. Anything else you want to say about that? Nope. Okay. So it's important to order the virtues. Um, <laughs> that's all I have to say about that one. You were the one who mentioned it. Um, and Well, temperance, like it's the idea of moderating goods, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the, the high? Right. And you have to be able to do that. I mean, to to understand the higher good. Um, and not just the higher good of like this not, particular yeah, situation, not, not, but not taking you know, it's just a, any too much of any good thing is a bad thing. That's basically the premise of it. So we do, we want to properly partake in things that bring us pleasure. Mm-hmm. Temperance. Mm-hmm. So we want to temper it. Temper, temper yourself. <laughs> <laughs> now, now you want me to stop talking? <laughs> no, no. I'm so pleased that you opened up throughout this. Well, you did a great. Listen, you did a great job. <laughs> It was a rough start. I'm was, not gonna lie. Was, this was the Laurie show. No, thank God it did turn into a turned into another episode of Raising Eight. That's it. That's how we're gonna end. No, no. I just was seeing if you were gonna say uh, a couple. Okay. Of <laughs> couple sinners trying to raise saints. Uh, thank you for joining us, folks, for this, this episode. Everything's confusing to me right now. Sometimes I want to change it up. Do you have to say? Do you want to say something else? No, oh, I guess I don't have anything else to say. I'm back to I'm back to where I was. Okay, well we've gone we've gone full circle. So we're really we're so happy, and we hope that you have a wonderful day or evening or whatever um, time you're listening to us. And um, God bless. Listen, if you're not having a oh, wonderful evening <laughs> or morning or afternoon, also we're, God we'll bless. We'll pray for you. We'll pray for you. Also God bless. Pray for us. Amen. <laughs>